Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity for creatives. Doesn't matter where you are on your journey, just beginning, your mid-flow or you're just returning to creativity, this is the conversation for you. So this episode, we're actually picking up from where we left off last episode, which was about rejection. And we're going to talk about the reasons for it and how to sweeten that bitter pill. There's also some advice and some of you guys have been sharing your thoughts and comments and have questions on the topic of rejection, which we'll get to a bit later on. Uh, Also, thank you to everyone that signed up to the Patreon page. It means a lot. If if you haven't done that already, do check it out. It's just uh, to support the podcast and help us, you know, pay for the things that we need to pay for. They're not expensive, but they're also not free. So we really appreciate everyone that supported us uh, on Patreon. And remember that there's always little freebies and extras that you get if you sign up. So thank you again to everyone that's done that. So let's look at rejection and some of the reasons why it can happen. And I've come up with three very broad reasons as to why uh, they might happen. So the first reason is you're not ready. An example is when I first started acting. So I was an actor before um, comedy, right? And um, I got an agent quite quickly. And I remember him saying, I mean, this is like before, you know, I think I was still doing um, part-time drama school. I don't think I'd got a job yet, even had my first job. I don't think I'd done any professional acting. And um, yeah, this uh, this agent, he signed me up and he goes, um, he rang me up one day and he said, oh, I've put you up for bad girls. Um, if anyone remembers bad girls, great British television. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in bad girls. Now, 
for those who don't know, when an agent says they put you up for bad girls or put you up for a, a job, all that means is they've sent the casting director your details. Anyone can send their details to a casting director. So it doesn't guarantee or mean anything. But he said, all right, uh, I put you up for bad girls. And immediately in my head, I went to, I've got the job. Bearing in mind, I've, I still haven't done any professional acting yet. So I, I was having this huge like fantasy of being in Bad Girls and what my character was going to be like and how much money I was going to have, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, I did not even get an audition for Bad Girls. Why? Because I wasn't ready. And the thing is, I think uh, the interesting thing that I'm finding about acting is that when you start acting, I don't think you realise how not prepared for those big roles that you dream of getting, how not prepared for them you are. I remember being at a Q&A that uh, Bradley Cooper was at. Um, don't know why he didn't notice me. Um, and he said it took him 15 years just to learn to sort of walk and talk like a human being on set. Uh, you know, in a role. And I got that so much because I feel exactly the same way. It's only in the last couple of years, I would say, that I've actually stopped acting. As in, I've stopped going on and thinking that I have to do so much emoting and stuff and just been a human being because I suddenly noticed, like I remember watching a TV show and just thinking, huh, that person's just being like, as if they were like just talking like a normal person. They're not really acting. It's almost like they know that the camera's catching everything they're doing. Interesting. And it sort of, you know, percolated over time. And I was like, let me try that. And coupled with some really great training that I got in LA with the Howard Fine studio, that's made a big difference to my, my performance. But my point is, I didn't know any of this. And I didn't know that I didn't know any of this at the beginning. So often rejection happens because you are not ready. And not ready can look like not talented enough just yet or don't quite have the talent or the skills, repeatable skills, or it could mean that you're not mature enough. It could mean a whole bunch of other things. It, could, it just could be more skills that you need to acquire, or it could be just that you need more freedom in your creative expression. Because sometimes people are capable, but they're caught up in getting it right. And so therefore they're not loose. You know, one of the things I think that people really enjoy about people who are at the top of their game is their freedom in their creative expression. We enjoy seeing them be so at ease that it looks like no effort. That's something that people say a lot to comedians. You just look so relaxed and, you know, or you look so comfortable up there or whatever. And the truth is we may still be nervous, but we've done it so much that we appear to be at ease because that's what people want to enjoy. Someone who looks so at ease, so, so free within what they're doing that it, it, they could be in front of 10,000 people or they could be in front of 10 people. So if you don't have that in your sort of creative expression, you may not be ready for the big um, opportunities that you're hoping for. And it's only through immersion, through constantly doing what it is you do, that you'll start to acquire that mastery and therefore that freedom. So not being ready is just something that is of that time. Over time, you will become ready. Uh, another reason that uh, rejection may happen is that you're not right. 
or and I put under that as well relevance now I don't like that word because it doesn't sound very nice oh you're not relevant you, you hear that a lot on x factor you're not relevant or you are relevant it's like oh thanks very much um <laughs> but um yeah you're not you, you might not be right for that opportunity uh, I remember um oh what do you three years ago, I reckon now, again, it was an acting role and I had brought everything I could to the audition and it was down to me and one other actor. And I thought, God, that would be bad luck if I didn't get this job because I'm, I'm given everything here, you know? And, um, probably the following week they said that they'd get back to me, didn't hear anything. And I was literally doing everything, every spiritual thing I could think of to sort of bring this role in. And um, two weeks later, I, I was in LA. So my call came in from my agent at like three o'clock in the morning or something. Or they texted and I called them back. And uh, they were like, yeah, really sorry, you, you didn't get the job. And I was absolutely gutted. I just so wanted this job. Anywho, a few weeks after that, I was um, with a mate and they were saying about how they'd gone into audition for a role in this same show. And I told them that I'd had an audition. I didn't get the roles. Da, da, da. Anyways, long story short, it turned out because he had done such a fantastic job in his audition and the casting people felt like we looked too similar and our characters weren't meant to be related. It, it sort of knocked me out of contention. This is um, ignoring the fact that also the, the person that they cast in the role that I went for was also fantastic. But it meant that I wasn't right. I was no longer right for the role. That's nothing to do with uh, the quality of my performance or anything like that, or how good an actor I am. It's just that I wouldn't fit in what, into what they have in mind. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're just not right. And then my third reason, because I call these the three R's, not ready, not right. And the third one is any other random reason. That's right. It can be things that are just things that you haven't even thought of as to why this opportunity hasn't come your way. You don't know what's preceded that decision maker's decision um, before you came along. They may have seen like four other artists who were creating exactly the same as what you're creating and therefore they don't want any more of it. Or, uh, you know, say if you're an actress playing a love interest of Tom Cruise and you're six foot tall, you're not going to get the job, you know? So, um, it, it can be, it can be things that are just way beyond your field of, um, knowledge or understanding or awareness. And there's nothing you can do about that stuff. All we can do is just accept that they have their reasons and intend that the opportunities that are right for us will come to us. But what do you guys think? Uh, we've had some uh, comments and questions come in. First one is from Susie. She says, it will happen, perhaps a lot. Embrace it. Make friends with it. Don't let it mean anything about you. It's just part of being a courageous, badass creative. Or badass, depending on where you're from. Uh, trust that you're following your truth and abundance will come. And you will appreciate it after a bucket load of no's. I mean, truth. You so will appreciate uh, when things work out, if you've been told no a lot. Because when, so, this is going to sound strange, but sometimes when people come into the industry and the path is very smooth for them, I'm a little concerned for them because their expectations for how things will be have been set 
at a particular level that may not be sustainable. And so then when things don't work out for them, it's going to hit them pretty hard. It's like um, when someone is born into privilege. If you read Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book, uh, Outliers, you'll see that being born into privilege isn't everything. There's a lot that goes into creating one's success and it isn't all just the start you get in life. Yes, obviously that helps, but it isn't everything. Sometimes adversity can make someone more successful because it gives them so much power. And so those no's can give us so much power. And like Susie says, you will be so grateful when things do work out. But also you'll be humble too, because again, that person that just gets opportunity after opportunity might start to think they are the big I am. Do you know what I mean? And so when things don't go their way, there's going to be toys being flung out the pram because they don't get that actually sometimes the experience is of being told no that you're not right or whatever the reason. So that's great advice from Susie. Uh, Giles has a question. He says, how has failure or apparent failure set you up for success later? Uh, This is a fantastic question. So I think even though it, it hurts and it, oh gosh, it grates, failure or rejection is what makes us stronger as artists. It what make it's what makes us better at our jobs, and it's what makes us go back to the drawing board sometimes and just review: Am I doing my best? Is there another way to look at this? Is there another solution to the problem? Maybe it's not about the quality of our work. Maybe it's something to do with our approach. But either way. Every time I've had failure or rejection, even though it hurts, and don't get me wrong, guys, I'm not here just like brushing this stuff off, like water off a duck's back sort of thing. It gets to us all, but it can be an opportunity. And so I would say that if we can make failure our friend, then that gives us a chance to create something different. And go back to the drawing board, basically, and just review and learn and grow and become stronger and better artists out of out of what seems like a negative experience. The more we hold rejection as a negative experience, and yes, in the initial uh, experience of it, it's going to feel negative because you wanted that thing and now you don't have it. But uh, when we can sort of digest that experience and use it in, to our advantage, it's actually really useful. So it can, Giles, uh, as I think you're suggesting, basically, it can all feed our success if we want it to. Now, there's no should about this. If it takes you down or if it gets you down, then that's just the way it is. But if you can somehow muster yourself so that you can use it as your tool, then you will survive this industry, in fact, thrive in this industry in ways that maybe some of your peers who can't use it in that way won't be able to. So great thoughts and comments there. Thank you so much for those questions. And remember to just uh, get in touch with me on social media. If you've got anything that you want to share on any of the subjects we're talking about that are related to creativity. My name is Danny Graham and you're listening to Creative Sauce with Andy Osho. I did um, a show for Sky, uh, Sky One a couple of years ago. And at one point the producers came around and they had that look like, I need to tell you guys something. And they announced that a couple of characters weren't going to make it. And 
it was just an awful conversation to be part of. One of the actors who had been given this news, they said, you know, because they were they were they were okay. They 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 were clearly disappointed, but they they were quite zen about it. And I I, I thought, God, I'd be gutted to hear that news because you know, if you really enjoy playing a character, to be told that they're going to die at some point is just like. It's kind of gutting. So I asked them, I said, you know, you, you you seem like really sort of zen about it. And they were like, what is for me will not go by me. I remember them saying that and I was just like, wow, let me hold on to that. And when things that I really want don't go my way, I try to remind myself of that because it really brings some peace to my mind because it's very easy to go into, that's not fair, I should have got that, oh, nothing's ever gonna work out for me or whatever story you wanna tell yourself. And so to instead go to a space of the right things that are meant for me will come to me at the time that they are meant to come to me. That gives you so much peace. Um, the Christians say that God's delay is not God's denial whether you subscribe to Christianity or not, there's something profound in that, in the sense of like, just because it's not coming when you want it, doesn't mean that it's not coming. So this rejection might be preparing you for something greater. But hey, listen, here's some advice from actor Papa S.E.D. Yeah, so rejection, the thing about rejection is, I guess like you've got to do the mental gymnastics not to see it as that. You know, like whenever we like go up for auditions or we put forward um, scripts or whatever, whenever we put ourselves out there and it doesn't go our way, as people in the industry love to say, um, we take that rejection. We, we, we can take that rejection personally. And I suppose the more times you work in the industry, the more time you spend with people in other positions to you, if you're an actor, the more time you spend it with directors, producers, writers, your biggest superpower is to not take it personally, you know, and to make, not make it about you. Allow projects and allow, you know, people to exist outside yourself and like whenever you put yourself up for something that's just you making an offer you know that's you making an offer they can choose to take that offer or not but the rejection is not rejection of you personally it's just them choosing not to take that particular offer but your life is your life and you can go on and get on with it That was actor Papa Esidu, star of I May Destroy You, Gangs of London, Kiri, and a bunch more stuff. You can hear more sound advice from Papa in later episodes. Also, don't forget our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho, where you can become a patron and keep this conversation going. So here's some final thoughts about things to remember when it comes to rejection. Because what I want is to help us all reframe rejection so that it isn't the burden or doesn't it doesn't get experienced as the burden that sometimes it can feel like it is or something to be even avoided. So here's some things to remember. One, it's not personal. It's not like the universe is going out of its way to inundate you with experiences of rejection. There are things that you're right for and there are things that you are not right for. And you may not necessarily be going always for the things that are right for you. I remember, um, again, a few years ago, I was asked to do a, um, 
an improv show. And the producer who'd worked with me a lot before on another show was just like, we would love to have you on the show. We think you'd be really great. Is improv something that you'd be up for? Is that something that you would love to do? And I was like, absolutely. Like never done improv before in my life read not ready um but i thought how hard can it be you know because i've bantered with audiences so you know how hard can it be anyway so we had a week of rehearsal and i remember on the thursday i had a, a an eye appointment to have laser surgery uh, and i that had been booked way before so they they honored that um commitment and they allowed me to leave on the thursday so anyways so we started rehearsing on the monday and i'm like straight away I'm with people who have been improvising and doing improv for years and years, and I am way out of my depth, like way out of my depth. Tuesday comes, I'm really not enjoying this. Wednesday, I'm just like, oh God, this is the worst. Thursday comes and I cannot wait to get to my eye appointment. I would rather have my eyes lasered open than continue uh, rehearsing this show. And then on the Friday, the producer called me and he said, um, listen, we love you but basically this is not working out. And I was, I was oh, this is too bad, that's too bad. But inside I was like, thank God. They paid me for the rest of the rehearsal um, and they took me off the show. I wasn't ready for it, but it wasn't personal to me. They were just trying to make the best show that they could. They weren't going out of their way to, to reject me. It was just, I wasn't ready and therefore I wasn't right. Another thing to remember is that the no's we experience can sculpt us. They can be the sort of the chisel of the sculptor making us into the artist that we become. We wouldn't be who we were if we hadn't been told no so many times before. We wouldn't be as good as we could be if we'd been told yes and yes and yes. We'd never have any impulse to develop ourselves. Many times I've been rejected, particularly in the realm of my writing, and thought, what can I do to improve that? And so I've gone to writing courses and, and you know, done and studied and almost done drills with my writing. And a, a producer said to me a couple of years ago, what have you been up to? Because I can see that something's changed in your writing. There's like a real improvement here. That all came out of just getting told no, no and no. I also noticed at one point that, hmm, in terms of acting, the roles that I'm getting seen for, they're roles where there's not a lot of emotional substance. Like they seem to be okay to have me be like the doctor who delivers a little bit of bad news or the police officer who's taking a statement or something like that. But in terms of a bit of emotional depth to the characters, if they are seeing me for these ones, I'm not, I'm not nailing them. Why is that? And so that made me review my acting and get training basically. So these no's, they're teachable moments. They're helping us to develop our craft. So if you get told no, it's an opportunity to go back to the drawing board and say to yourself, hmm, is there something that I need to do here to improve my craft so that I become un an undeniable yes? Another thing, we're not entitled to a yes. We're not. It's a, an act of good fortune and grace on the part of the universe that we experience a yes. And that's a fact, Jack. We are none of us entitled to a yes. The rejection is often random as well. Like I said earlier, there are forces and influences and needs at play that we just don't know about. So to get ourselves um, 
hooked on some idea of why it may have happened it may be a non-starter and really what will it give you to know unless it's about the quality of your work and in which case it is useful to know and you can improve that but sometimes it isn't about the quality of your work sometimes it's about what fits or what somebody's looking for so again I mean really I, I guess what I'm really instilling again is the idea that it isn't personal trust the timing like I said, God's delay is not God's denial. I think it's always really interesting to look at what happens in the space where an opportunity you wanted would have occurred. So for example, if you know you, you auditioned for something that was gonna happen in August and you don't get it, look at your life and see what happens in August. And sometimes some really interesting things show up that there wouldn't have been space for if you'd got this thing that you thought you wanted. I was at um, an Abraham Hicks um, seminar and say what you like about them. If you don't know who they are basically, or what that is, it's basically this woman who claims to channel this sort of spiritual entity called Abraham that is most associated with the law of attraction. And so she runs these seminars and people come and ask her questions. Now, whether you believe that she's doing this thing or not, the fact is that what comes through her or from her is so profoundly wise that it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. But someone asked her a question one time, one of the seminars that I went to, and um, it was uh, about, they, they were basically trying to create something in their career, I think. Through her, this entity was saying how human beings are really funny in the sense that we feel like everything should be linear. I should go from here to the most direct path to the thing that I want when actually the universe might want you to take a little meandering walk learn some things experience some things meet some people but that will mean not necessarily taking a straight path and so it's only our small needs that are dictating that it should be a straight line the universe is really happy with us like taking somewhat more of a meandering path and having more experiences and a richer experience and maybe that less straightforward path is actually preparing us for the bigger things. And that if you were to go straight towards these big things, you wouldn't actually be as fully formed an artist as if you took this path that took you through some different places and spaces. And also remember, it's not a race. Any perception that you have that somehow you need to get to a certain place by a certain time, that's all ego. That's your ego telling you things um, that basically aren't supporting you. There's no set curriculum for how, for how much you should achieve and by when. What's most important is that you're in joy. You're in joy and you enjoy what you're doing. That's way more important than getting anywhere at a particular time. And look, the fact is, if you have creative expression as part of your life, whether it's as an amateur or it's um, it's professional on a, on a professional level, you've, you've won, mate. Because it's not fundamental to your sort of material existence or survival. So if you get to be creative in any way, you're already living your best life. And lastly, I think an important thing to remember is that rejection never ends. There's no utopian sort of experience whereby, you know, as an artist, rejection isn't part of your world. Even people at the top of their game will be rejected. But the thing is, they're going to be rejected for bigger and better things. And that's all we can hope for.
is aiming to be rejected for bigger and better projects. I want to be rejected from the best films ever. I want to be rejected from the best TV shows because that's an indication that things are moving, that you're getting somewhere. And it sounds like I'm sort of joking about that, but really that's what it is. It is just about, rejection isn't going to go anywhere. Even people who are top flight will miss out on opportunities that they really want. So the invitation is really to allow rejection to be part of our experience, to teach us what it needs to teach us and to not um, take from us so that we misappropriate our energy into thinking things aren't fair or how come this isn't happening for me or I've been doing this so long and just live in gratitude that we get to be creatives at all. And so speaking of gratitude, thank you so much to Soho Works who have given me the podcast equipment and space to record uh, this show for you. Um, And also thank you to you guys for tuning in. There's going to be more uh, coming very soon. And as as I say, if you want to support the podcast, check out our Patreon page and um, we will hopefully be bringing you some additional extras as well so that you can enjoy an extra dollar of uh, creative source. Listen, I've been your host, Andy Osho, and I will see you guys very soon. Don't forget to stay in touch on Instagram, the Andy Osho with a W on the end or on Facebook and Twitter. I'll see you guys very soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.